and welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ethan. Ethan, okay. So I wanted to talk today a little bit about um, some of the messages that we've been getting from some of our listeners. So one listener in particular, shout out to Joe. He has served in the Navy uh, for a number of years, and he provides us with so much great context for military life and things that we just like aren't privy to, we don't know about. And so I just wanted to give him a shout out and say thank you so much for these messages giving us this context and honestly if anybody else also has context of course like we appreciate joe we love joe right but if anyone else wants to send us messages about anything regarding the years prior to when we were born um we would really really appreciate it yes thank you joe so much and everyone else who's ever sent us a message about this show we're really great like truly grateful for it it's really validating and really cool i love reading joe's messages so much because he 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 knows what he's talking about it's like really cool but again if anybody else has any info about anything don't be afraid to let us know uh we love hearing about it and we'll uh we'll mention it on the show yes definitely So to jump right into this episode, um, this episode called Hot Lips and Empty Arms, Margaret begins to feel like her life is really pretty empty. So she breaks up with Frank, puts in for a transfer, and gets blackout drunk to cope. So Ethan, what did you think about this episode? I like this episode a lot. I've liked pretty much every episode this season, I'll be real. This is just a very, very solid season of television so far. And this episode kind of won me over on the Margaret front. I, I really like Margaret after this episode. I know that you love Margaret, but until this point, I've liked her more theoretically of like, I know that she gets better and Loretta Swit is like very good in this role. But this is the first episode where I'm like, you know what? I just fully like Margaret as a character. She's pretty cool. Yeah, I have to agree. I love this episode. And We'll get into it in the trivia section, but um, this was the first episode that was written um, entirely by two women. And I think that that really comes through in this episode that Margaret kind of becomes her own kind of person, this this actual character. And I I have to attribute that to the fact that this episode was written by two women. And I just throughout this episode, it's just so good. Margaret is so funny and so like cute. I love her. She has a bit more interiority than she does in other episodes and kind of beyond like the woman stereotype of like hysterical like the other times that she's been kind of a character it's been her kind of like freaking out and like crying but this episode is also about her being sad and feeling empty but it's a lot more like grounded and like well observed than her other kind of emotional episodes have been where you know it's she feels like her her life is passing her by and i feel like at least for the time period with like 70s male writers they would you know maybe not handle this with as much depth but this episode i feel like there is a bit more depth than there typically would be and it was really funny like they did a good job with this episode without it feeling like 
super different from a, a standard episode, you know? Yeah, one thing that I noted throughout this whole episode is that even though it was more Margaret-centric, it focused on her a lot more than in episodes past, it was still funny because women can be funny. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> It was, it felt very in character. Like everybody felt very in character. Um, Margaret specifically, of course. I think that the writer is just expertly kind of balanced this actualization of this character with keeping her true to the character that was presented in the beginning of the show, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like women came in to write Margaret and suddenly she's a different person. She's yeah. still the same person, but at least with this episode, you can tell that they were like thinking about her as a person, mm-hmm. uh, not to discredit any of the other writing staff so far in the show. Like, I think they've done a pretty good job for the time period, but this is, you can tell there's a difference with this one that they like took care to make this like a good Margaret episode. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into kind of the plot of the episode. So we open on Radar giving out everybody's mail. And we have this scene in the swamp with Frank, Hawkeye, and Trapper. And, you know, it's played for laughs. It's kind of, it's not super memorable, I think. Um, Like Frank is talking about his stocks and stuff like that and his like prospects after the war and whatnot. Then we see Margaret got this letter that she's like clearly disappointed about. Um, And then it, flips right to this OR scene where Margaret is kind of like really going at the nurses like she's she's yelling at them and kind of trying to make them be more perfect I guess I don't know like I don't really know how to describe it. Well you know they spill like a blood bag and just things aren't like going that well so of course she's like frustrated about it like I I didn't see anything wrong with her uh, in this moment that like it was very Mm -hmm. understandable her frustration even without the letter stuff that you know Spilling the blood bag is kind of a big deal. Yeah, definitely. But after this scene, we're in Margaret's tent and Frank and Margaret are talking. And we kind of get more context for this letter that she got, which was a girl that she's friends with who she had trained with to be a nurse uh, ended up marrying this guy that Margaret had kind of turned down. And now they have this really beautiful life together. They have an expensive house and whatnot. And this was the first scene where I was like, oh, you can you can tell that this was written by women because in this scene, Margaret's just kind of talking about how she could have had all of this stuff. Like she turned this guy down and she could have had this like really like happy, beautiful life. But she chose the army instead. And I really just I really liked how. It was this thing that Margaret was grappling with. Like she chose the army, the art, like she wanted to do this, but she is also so conflicted about wanting to have like this civilian life, like a happy marriage and a house and kids and stuff like that, which is clearly something that a lot of women deal with a a lot of the time. And I thought that it was just so expertly done in this scene, especially with like the callback to Frank in the beginning with his stocks and his prospects after the war. And Margaret says, like, I I don't have any of that. I have nothing to go home to. Mm -hmm. I really liked Frank in this scene. And I didn't, I mean, I don't like, I like what they did with Frank in the scene. I mean, that he isn't really listening to her at all. That he's kind Mm -hmm. of more trying to use her as like a thing for his own ends. And she's kind of legitimately 
venting her frustration and he's just not uh meeting with her on like the same level i thought like it was written very well and performed very well i like that the house that they were talking about was like forty thousand dollars i'm like oh man (laughs) that's uh (laughs) imagine that (laughs) a forty thousand dollar house (laughs) i actually didn't do inflation calculator today but (laughs) i do imagine that that would be about a one point five million dollar house oh it's now. gotta be i mean they're they're so, saying like yeah. it was the nicest thing in the world yeah definitely <laughs> but yeah i know what you're saying that like this is a particularly female struggle of trying to have like a legitimate career and be like stand in your own two legs but also like kind of wanting just a domestic life and i feel like it's pretty relatable for anybody just kind of feeling like your your life is moving by without you and you're not kind of where you want to be. Like, whatever that is, I, I really felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they gave this to Margaret because it felt, again, very, like, feminine, but very, like, well-realized and still, like, relatable if you aren't <laughs> a girl. It wasn't, like, a girl episode. It was still something that anyone could relate to. Yeah, it's almost like women are people too, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, you know, it's not something that you have to expect in uh, a show like this. Yeah, definitely. So, like you said, Frank was kind of just not really getting it from her. Like, she was being really vulnerable and saying, like, I want all of these things. Like, I'm upset about how my life is turning out right now. And Frank goes, oh, am I nothing to you, Margaret? And Margaret goes, you're government issue, Frank. Like, I love that. I thought that that was fantastic because it's true. Like, he's not going to be there when the war is over. Yeah, they're not in a relationship. They they don't mean anything to each other in, like, the grand scheme. They're they're just using each other, like, physically, more or less, to, like, Mm -hmm. get through the war. And this episode, I mean, it's always pretty clear. It's always pretty clear that, like, Frank doesn't actually care about Margaret as, like, an interior human, like, no matter what episode it is. But this is one where it's so clear. Yeah, definitely. So after this scene, this is when Margaret puts in for the transfer. Basically, she says that she's putting herself first. She's done with Frank. Like, she needs to be able to kind of go on from here. I really liked this because she realized that she chose the army. She's going to make the best out of the army that she can be. And she, I feel like she felt stunted at the 4077. Like, she was kind of put not putting herself first. This is when she puts in for the transfer. She goes to Henry and she's like, get me out of here, basically. And I think that Hawkeye, Trapper, and Henry were really, like, shocked at this. They were not aware that she had this in her almost, I feel. Well, she's threatened to quit before, like, threatened to transfer. But it's usually in response to, like, being picked on by Hawkeye and Trapper. Not really something you know, more existential than that. It's usually like pretty external. And there's one thing where they could be like, oh, I'm sorry. Don't leave us. We lo- we actually like you. But uh, <laughs> this is one where the- she's doing it for herself because she, like you said, feels stunted here with 
you know, how Hawkeye and Trapper make fun of her and kind of belittle her and pull all these, like, weird pranks. How Frank doesn't treat her like a human being. They're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. And they don't really try to stop her at any point. Uh, This is not an episode about trying to stop Margaret from leaving uh, the 4077. It's just about her kind of coping with that decision. And I think it's really interesting. I mean, Hawkeye and Trapper are involved in this episode, but they, they don't really have an effect on like the main plot. It's It's pretty interesting that they did that. Because even in other episodes, like Hawkeye and Trapper have an effect on the plot, even if it was like a Henry-centric episode or even like a Frank-centric episode, Hawkeye and Trapper were the driving force. And this was so great because it was just Margaret. And Mm -hmm. it still worked. Like I said, I love Margaret's character, so this worked for me. Like, I don't know if it would necessarily work so much for a character like Frank because I don't really care for Frank that much. But yeah, like you said, this just worked. (laughs) Well, with Frank, one thing that I kind of looked into before we started doing this show is that like at one point in the show, I'm not sure when or like what circumstance in universe that like Larry Linville and Frank like leave the show. And he gave like an interview saying like somebody asked him like, why couldn't Frank develop as a character and like do more and be more of a human? Larry Linville was like, well, if he did that, he would just become Hawkeye. Uh, Mm -hmm. So by nature, Frank, how he's written and how this show is, they can't give him like a lot of depth. Otherwise, he would stop being the character that he is. And, you know, that works for a lot of shows, like works for now, where character development is very common. But for this kind of show where status quo is like king, having a character like him develop would just, I don't think it would work like that. No, definitely not. I mean, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead into the series, but the character that does end up replacing Frank is a character that is established that can develop. You know what I mean? It's like, it makes more sense. Like, it wouldn't make sense for Frank to develop. And like I said, Margaret also develops going forward. And it just, like, makes sense for her character. But yeah. jumping back to the plot of this episode. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, no, 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 you're fine. Like, I like that. So when Margaret goes to Henry for the transfer, she actually walks in on Hawkeye, Trapper, and Henry watching, like, porn, basically, which I thought was an interesting choice to have them watching porn together. Weird, right? Like, (laughs) This is their subplot. This is, like, what they do for the majority of the episode is, like, Henry gets this, like, film, and he's like, ah, cool. And then they watch it together, and you're like... What what is happening here? Why did why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was very strange. I mean, like, and I've seen shows do that multiple times where people just like watch smutty movies in the same room, like guys, like just yeah. collectively sharing in this thing. Very strange. Like, I I don't know why. It's not anyway. an experience that I I have. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to say, like Margaret talks about basically like why she wants a transfer and she says that Hawkeye and Trapper are the main one of the main reasons and she starts listing these things like you know they undermine her authority with her nurses because in the OR scene 
she was reprimanding uh, her nurses and Hawkeye kind of just like made a big joke about it. He's like, oh, Margaret and I are getting married. We are having a baby, like stuff like that, which to be fair, that is really frustrating. Like I could understand why she'd be frustrated with that and she's not wrong. But then to be fair to Hawkeye as well, he also makes a comment like this is war. Like, you know, we're going to be like stupid and goofy, like, you know, the typical Hawkeye stuff, right? And he is also right. Like if they were completely by the book, like she kind of wants them to be a lot of the time, they would go insane. And we've explored that in the past couple of episodes as well. Yeah, I like Margaret's frustration in this scene. This is kind of like set up perfectly to be like a woman frustrated at men, uh, how they're (laughs) doing something that is just like kind of gross and doing it very casually. Like you, you totally feel her frustration and everything that she lists is like basically sexual harassment, like mm-hmm. looking in on her at the shower, which I imagine is a callback to the, the movie when they, they literally oh, present yeah. her in front of the entire camp. Yeah. Uh, like everything she says, like, yeah, you're, you're valid. This entire episode, I was like, yeah, she probably should be transferred realistically, but also... I feel like Hawkeye and Trapper like genuinely like love her and care about her, even if they're like shrouded in this like 50s weird guy syndrome. When you strip <laughs> that away, they 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 do care about her. So like I, I felt for both of them like they don't want her to leave. But also it makes total sense for her to be just utterly fed up. With these boys hanging out, watching a dirty movie that Henry got from, like, Cuba or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Henry even says, he's like, Margaret, basically, like, you can do what you want, but don't forget the 4077 is a family. And like you said, it, it kind of does reiterate that despite all of the BS that they put her through, they really, they like and care about Margaret. And this to me is also evidence in the next scene when she is in her tent, like kind of packing stuff up and Hawkeye and Trapper go and give her like champagne, which is just the gin from their sill. And I thought that that was really sweet because like they were giving her this like farewell that they would give like anyone that they just like Mm kind of are okay with. You know what I mean? I thought that that was really nice. Oh man, this this whole plot about Margaret slowly getting blackout drunk for the last (laughs) half of the episode is so good. I I love that. You know, they present it as champagne and she takes it and immediately is like, that's not champagne. Uh, Champagne (laughs) tickles my nose. Um. And but she's like, all right, give me more. And, you know, it's very funny that the way that uh, she gets drunk, the way that she slurs her words. It's very cute. Uh, Loretta Swit was very, very cute in this episode. I really I really like this back half and how just consistently tipsy verging on blackout she was i thought it was very fun i thought it was great after hawkeye and trapper give her the drink she goes into the the uh the swamp to give frank his stuff back and she just like pours herself a drink (laughs) like from their alcohol it was it was very funny i really liked that i loved uh when margaret gives frank all their stuff back to him uh, they have like mm-hmm. a stuffed bear or dog named Bimbo. I'm like, why is this dog <laughs> named Bimbo? There are better names to give to a dog. <laughs> I know. That was really funny. I really liked the whole scene also where she is giving Frank her 
his stuff back. She's taking yeah. her stuff back as well. It's like collectively, she's just getting rid of everything that like yeah. was intertwined with them. Yeah, and she basically like calling Frank out as well. Like he was writing this letter to his wife, and she's like, "Oh, are you gonna say that your male friend Major Houlihan is transferring, and you're really upset about it?" And he like flips over the letter because that's exactly what he was saying. And I just like that she was just like kind of calling him out, being like, "You're really not good enough for me." <laughs> yeah, because um, you know Frank is garbage. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So he's been just king kinda garbage trash. man. <laughs> So after this, she also goes into Henry's office and starts drinking as well. And this scene with Henry, I thought was like really cute. Like they were just kind of like having, even though she was drunk, they were having this like mutual respect for each other. And I thought that that was really sweet. And then of course we get to the plot of there is incoming casualties and Margaret, the head nurse who they need is like really, really drunk. (laughs) And so Henry is walking out of his office with Margaret and Radar. And Margaret's kind of just like swaying all over the place. And they run into Hawkeye and Trapper. And Henry is like, okay, you have to sober her up. And they're like, why us? Like, what are, what are we going to do? And I thought it was really funny because they're laughing at Margaret. She's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And she's just so drunk. And you could tell that the actors were like having fun with this, that they, they were, were laughing, laughing really hard. so much. It was great. Oh, I loved this scene. I loved it when she's like, she's like knocking into them and you could tell that they're like, that she's, I wonder if it was ad-libbed, right? Because it seemed that she was just like knocking into them and they were just laughing about it. There were a couple scenes in this episode that were like that, where it just kind of felt like they were riffing. Like there was a scene earlier on, I guess when uh, Radar was like reading the mail and he kind of screws up while reading the mail and Henry corrects him, and it's, like, the most, yeah. like, natural correction I've ever seen on film of, like, a guy actually screwing up. So I feel like, at this point, they're kind of more comfortable letting these guys and, you know, girls just kind of hang out and do their own thing, kind of be in character, but kind of go off script a little bit. I love that, when you can see it in a sitcom and any show, really, where it's just, like, you could tell that something is just, like the actors are just really comfortable with each other and so they are able to do these things and it feels natural. I love that. But I do have to say that with this uh, whole plot of Margaret being drunk and incoming casualties, they said that there's a lot going to be coming in. They're going to be heavily wounded and stuff like that. Margaret like immediately jumps into nurse mode again. And we see that so... Well, yeah, but like even in her drunk state, she knows that she has to like be a nurse again. Like she was like feeling bad for herself, kind of acting childishly, very drunk, stuff like that. But as soon as there were casualties, she was like, I have to be a nurse. Like this is where I need to be. And I loved that because we see that so much with like Hawkeye and Trapper as well. And we've seen it with Mm -hmm. the whole cast, right? Um, In previous episodes. But I liked that she... She was upset about the army being her career at first in the beginning of the episode, but it was so clear that this is like where she was meant to be. And I really, really liked that, even though it was like marred in comedy because it was very funny that she was still like so wasted and Hawkeye and Trapper had to kind of help her out of it. Um, It was still so good to see this aspect of her character. 
See, I didn't get that at first. Like you said, it's very marred in comedy. But you're right. This kind of is her realizing that, like, this is where she belongs. That she belongs on the the front lines. Like, the 4077 is the nearest to the front lines, right? So they get, like, the Mm -hmm. most wounded. So this is where she's, like, most needs to be because she is a good nurse. That is something that's consistent about her that, like, whenever she is in nurse mode... She's always doing a good job there. Um, I like that a lot. Thank you for clarifying that. And then (laughs) Hawkeye and Trapper trying to sober her up in the showers is (laughs) like the cutest, funniest thing in the entire episode that they're just spraying her with water. And at first she's like, what in the world are you doing? But then they do it again, and she's like, actually, kind of like it. It's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I really like this part a lot. Just everything about this. The fact that she hits on Trapper. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Yeah, it was so great. And, like, I loved Hawkeye and Trapper in this, too, because they <laughs> they were tasked with doing this by Henry, so it wasn't really by choice. And they were just like so annoyed you could tell they were like i can't believe we have to do this just like holding her head under the shower it was it was very funny and i also liked this scene right after the showers too where um they're helping her sober up still and they're just like listening to her uh just like kind of unloading um Mm -hmm. like why she got drunk in the first place which does seem like something that they would do for anybody that they need help in surgery with and then also the scene when they're in the OR and she thanks them for sobering her up and they said, don't mention it. We have reputations to protect, which I thought was like such like a good, uh, like, I I don't know exactly how to say it, but they were saying like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Like we have our reputations to protect. Like we don't want people to think that we're nice to you. And also kind of saying to her, like, we're not going to spread this around because you know, you have your reputation to protect as well. And I thought that that was just so sweet. Like, after this, they call back that, you know, she was hitting on Trapper, and she kind of doesn't remember that, it seems. But, like, (laughs) even that, I felt like that was more out of love, like, kind of brotherly sibling rivalry kind of love, kind of innocently making fun of her without it being, like, harassment, you know? Yeah, like, they were teasing her. Congratulations. You fully convinced me while we talked about this. This is... A primo episode. <laughs> I'm glad you like this episode because every time I rewatch it, I remember that I really, really like this episode. Um, so then, like you said, they were like teasing her, right? And that kind of pulls us into the final scene of the episode where they are again teasing her in the mess tent. And she's got this massive hangover. Of course, she decides that she's not going to transfer because Loretta Switt's like a main character in this show. So of course, she's not going to transfer. And I really liked how Frank starts yelling. And of course, this was like, this was a ploy to get Frank to be angry at them. (laughs) And she just like does not care. She's like, she has this headache and she's just like, no, stop. (laughs) Yes, this last part was very good. And I like how just kind of casual it was. How everything played out of like it kind of being off screen that she decided not to transfer. Again, it felt very like day in the lifey. This was just kind of an interesting little 
few days in their lives rather than a really big deal. I don't know if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense at all. You know, it's just a random episode. But this one has like that nice vibe of just like, oh, we're catching in with these characters at just this very specific moment. Yeah, like it feels big to us because like we said, this is the first time that Margaret became like her own character rather than just like Frank's girlfriend. But it's so like run of the mill for them, probably, you know, Yeah, I, I like that feel. So, uh, with all that said, do you have any uh, favorite lines in the episode? I do. Okay, so I have a couple. Right when Margaret is, like, barging in on Henry and gang watching porn, she says to Radar, where is Colonel Bubblehead? (laughs) He goes, he gave orders not to be disturbed. And she goes, he already is disturbed. Very just like, you can't disturb him more. He's an idiot. (laughs) And I loved that line. I also really liked at the very end, because Margaret was telling Hawkeye and Trapper, like, kissing Frank, like, he has no lips, basically. And Hawkeye says to Frank, how do you talk so well with no lips? And I just thought that that was really funny. <laughs> she calls him a lipless wonder, and that is, uh, that's <laughs> wonderful. She also calls him ferret face in this episode, which I thought was yes, really funny. Yes, like, I, I cheered. I cheered at that moment. My, I think, favorite line was that they're getting people, I think, from the Navy or Marines young guys Mm -hmm. like 18 year old and hawkeye just says like oh what i'd give to see a varicose vein you know because that's like an old people and and henry just goes like oh i'll drop my pants so you could see one right now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) what what an absolute man i love henry so much that's probably my favorite line of the episode that was a good one do you have any trivia for us i do okay so there were not many guest stars and everything but like we said this was the first episode of the season of the series written by women so i do have some trivia about the writers of this episode so first off this episode was nominated for an emmy for writing nice this episode was written by linda bloodworth thomason and mary k place so bloodworth thomason she wrote the original pilot for one day at a time which cool she created and wrote a majority of the episodes of the show Designing Women, which I thought was really cool, and I did not know that. Never heard of that show, but cool. You've never heard of Designing Women? What? Okay, we, we're no. going to have a discussion off, off mic. We're going to have a discussion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was the director and producer of the 2013 documentary Bridegroom, which I remember watching when I was younger. That is a really, really gripping documentary. Um, I would really recommend it. Yeah, so she's had like a killer career then. Oh, yeah, for sure. And unfortunately, in 2018, she wrote this piece um, saying that the head of CBS at the time in like 1995 intentionally kept like all of her pilots and whatnot off of the air because he didn't like like her. Um, So she says for like seven years, she said that happened. And she said that really it derailed her career. And that's like really, really unfortunate. But it seems that she had like she did things after this, of course. So it looks like she persevered. That's good. Love to hear that. Yeah. So the other writer, Mary Kay Place, um, she is a writer, a singer, and an actress. She gained TV prominence as the main character in this show. It's like a satirical soap opera called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which happened right after this stint of writing on MASH, which I thought was really cool. She's been a guest star in many prominent TV shows over the years. So many of so, I could not possibly name all of them. But she still acts today, and notably for us, she was in My So-Called Life, one of my favorite shows, and she did voice acting on King of the Hill. Oh my god, that's where I know that name from! 
<laughs> love King of the Hill. I know. I When I saw that, I was like, oh, Ethan's going to love this. She's also been in several movies, um, including a favorite of mine called The Rainmaker and Sweet Home Alabama. Nice, nice. Very cool. So, Ethan, okay, I have to ask you as we're wrapping up, what is your martini rating for this episode? All right. Uh, well, I think you've convinced me. I think this is a much higher episode than I originally thought it would be. This is a 4.5 out of 5 for me. Nearly perfect. Great episode. I have to agree with you, but I'm giving this a 5 out of 5 because, I mean, we just... Margaret is my favorite character. We knew that this was going to be a 5 out of 5, of course. <laughs> Let's go. All right, so just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Breer-Balco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, and of course, our listeners, thank you so much. Our music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description, as always. Join us next week for Season 2, Episode 15, Officers Only. But until then, let women write cool stuff! (laughs) Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.